This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Hey everybody, this is Kate. Today on Invasion of Privacy, we talk about human desires, 14-year-olds having sex, abortions, and living in reality. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have two powerhouse ladies in the fucking house. I have Leah Bonima, returning guest. Yes. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. And I've got the amazing, the brilliant Candy Claire. Hi. Oh, hey. Yeah, Candy Claire. Hey. Hey, big boy. What are you wearing? Hey. With that name. Anyway, uh, sorry for that awkward intro. Uh, so today we're just going to be getting into some issues that have been eating me up personally. Mm. Mm. I'm not going to go into some specifics exactly, but I just want to talk. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about that's been very much coming into uh, my reality is how much I don't live in reality. You know, and I know a lot of people. (laughs) You're such a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I didn't even fully realize how much of my time is spent somewhere else mentally. And like now that I'm seeing it, it doesn't mean it like completely stops. Like I'm like, oh my God, here I am again. Here I am again. Especially I can really pick up on it when I'm with my son and I'm like with him and then I start to fade into like some other fantasy or something else I need to do. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm spending so much time everywhere else but here, right in this present Mm -hmm. moment. I think a lot of people struggle with that though. I mean, people are going to different of their realities, but I think a lot of people come out of the what's happening in the now to be in some kind of thing they've created in their head. Yeah. I also feel like being a parent guilt pulls you out of that shit real fast because I find that like I have to make a conscious effort to take my phone and put it away when I'm around her because otherwise it's so easy to just sort of like drift off and then you start to feel guilty and you're like, Oh my God, here I am with my child. You know, this is like this quality time in our lives. Yeah. And I'm, you know, Facebooking memes about Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> you know? Man, that Jennifer Aniston... Well, the whole, you know, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, the only thing that really has made me... has affected me and <laughs> with that is how, you know, we always compare to other people's lives, right? We're always like, mm-hmm. oh, my life, I don't have enough, but look at those people. They have everything I always wanted. They must have it great. And who knows? Maybe they did have it great for like... Five, six years. I think they had it great up until they got married. It's like the kiss of death. Mm. Mm. And he got drunk on a plane and apparently abused his children. Which happened after they got married. Right. But I mean, that usually Do we know for sure he beat... <laughs> we don't know for sure if he I, beat who knows? children. But, but my whole point there is just that, you know, you can be like, oh, I wish I had what my neighbors had. I wish I had that marriage or I wish I had this. Like, you really have to come back into your body and focus on your own life because you have no idea mm-hmm. what's going on in the house next door to you. We all look fucking happy from the outside. Well, not all of us. Some people look fucking miserable from the outside. And that's well, some people like to look miserable from the outside. Like, oh, that's yeah. the thing they put out. You know, the woe is me. The vague Edgar, Facebook statuses. Edgar Allan Poe, you know. The uh, emo uh, people. Oh, yeah. 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 But anyway, so Hot yeah. topic. I liked... I, hey. I really like Hot Topic. I love it. Hot I Topic's really still it. great. Shane's loving it now. They email me all the time. They know. They know. Mm-hmm. 
It's my Lord of the Rings shirts collection. Ooh. Game of Thrones shirts collection. Hot Topic really is a great store. I hadn't walked in there in about 10 years until I was walking past with Shane and he's like, I want to go in. Which is weird to have a kid who now likes Hot Topic. But yeah. Anyway. So yeah, no, the whole Brad and Angelina. I'm not happy that they're getting divorced. I don't want, I'm not happy for anyone's sadness. But it is like, oh yeah, holy shit. They're real people. Everyone's a real person. Mm -hmm. And you never know what someone's going through. And I'm just really trying hard to come back and focus on my life. Because for me, I've spent almost my entire life um, obsessing over some unavailable guy and what they are doing. They should wake up to this behavior. They, they, they. And I'm like, wait a second. My life's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a lot of issues, fine. But, like, it's pretty great. And I'm a pretty cool person. Let me come and focus on my life and make it as cool as I can make it. It's not going to be perfect. But, like, why do I keep putting all of my energy into some other person's life that I'm not even with any mm-hmm. of the time like, i think we get taught to focus on other people as women like when we're younger you know what i mean How, how's everybody else doing are we catering to everybody else's needs you know oh, or is everybody else happy like the storybooks for when we were younger for girls were like us waiting around for someone to come deciding to like us we have to make everything right mm-hmm. for them and i mean it's changing now but i think it's a habit to get out of to be like how is everybody else it'd be like what do i think about this yeah Yeah, I grew up in a home. Well, I grew up in the South, first of all, which is obviously very much that dynamic where, you know, you take care of your man. And my mom was also, like, I'm older and old school kind of Midwestern stay-at-home mom housewife. So she, you know, my father's breakfast was always left on the table the night before for him to, I mean, like, everything was always done for him. But at the same time, the way they made it work was amazing. As much as my mom gave and my father took, he gave that much more, you know what I mean? So it was a very good dynamic. So I grew up seeing that. And now as I feel like when I'm going into relationships and have done, I do have that like Southern woman stand by my man kind of mentality, but I'm going in expecting to get back what my mother did and I'm not. And then that's when I find that I'm starting to do this thing like, well, you should be doing this. You should be doing that, you know? Instead of like looking at like, it's okay that I do these things, but I have to be happy with the fact that I'm doing them and I'm doing them because they're important to me and I feel good when I do it, not because I'm demanding or needing something from somebody else, you know? But doesn't it get to a point, especially in like romantic relationships where it's great to give and you want to give unconditionally, right? You don't want to give with this like, well, I gave to you, Mm -hmm. so now you give to me. But there still is a standard to have of like, you want the give and take yeah. in friendships and romantic relationships. And, you know, I think it's important that, yes, you give unconditionally, but you also should have your needs met. And there's no shame in believing that your needs right. should be met. Oh, absolutely. So this weekend in my spiritual school I was in, we worked with this connection thing that we all feel. And, it, and a lot of it, oftentimes it feels like pain and longing and this desire that's not being filled. And they were describing, which I love, they were like, that that longing is not something to be ashamed of. That's what connects us to each other and connects us to a bigger, higher power. And just like that simple, I mean, it wasn't simple because we spent days of like doing exercises around it, but just really letting myself feel that ache in my heart. That's not always a bad ache. It's just that longing, that desire that's there. But seeing it in a way where I'm like, this isn't something to be ashamed of, mm-hmm. especially c- coming from a, a girl who didn't really have her needs met and had to very get clingy, you know, in order to try to get them met. I've always been so ashamed 
of that part of me that so much wants to connect and wants love. Because then as an adult, you're like, oh, my God, why do I feel like a child still needing these things? And suddenly I was like, this isn't something to be ashamed of. This is my big heart wanting Mm -hmm. to connect to people, eventually wants to connect to a man and have a relationship, wants to connect to my son. Um, So it's just like a really interesting shift in perspective to that longing and that desire to have deep, deep love. We all want it. And appreciating that you have that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I think that's a really, well, I'm going to just tell myself that. <laughs> it's a really special quality to be able to love big and be vulnerable and, you know, put yourself out there. You I know? do think it's a special quality. It's important. It's yeah. like a good quality, even though it hurts more sometimes. Like, I think you get more in the end. Oh, yeah. In the end. Yeah. Or whenever. <laughs> in the, you will. <laughs> in the middle as well. I think it's when you start to shift and know that it's okay to have that much heart and longing because so many people, they disassociate or cut off from that Mm -hmm. place because it's too painful to feel rejected or to feel like a loser for feeling that deeply. But when you can start being kinder, and I'm working on this, I still have so much judgment that comes up Mm -hmm. to myself where I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm supposed to be more healed than I am like oh my god I'm a 35 year old woman and I still care about what this person thinks or I'm still trying to prove my worth to these people but that's what makes us human and it's okay to want that love and to want that acceptance and the moment you can start really just being kind to that needy place in you Mm -hmm. it makes it okay to have it met and until I even realized that I was ashamed of how many needs I actually had I was like, no, 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 you're not a needy little loser for wanting that kind of connection. It's that judgment that's making me go to guys that are looking at me going, ugh, too much. You're too much. I can't give that to you. But I also, on my end, was looking for a lot of these guys to save me Mm -hmm. and to take away my suffering, which no one can take away your suffering other than yourself. Right. I don't even know if you can even ever take it away, but it's more like be there for you in those moments. Mm -hmm. Pain management. Exactly. (laughs) You have to self-soothe. Yeah. And a lot of people just do not know how to self-soothe. So they have all these different vices like drinking or obsessing, sex, workaholics, binge eating. We all have created these different mechanisms to save ourselves and to, you know, soothe ourselves. And it's really hard going there. Like for me, a big thing's obsession. Obsess all the time. And it's like, I was talking to my therapist today and she's like, yeah, that's called the monkey brain. She's like, you were a very smart little girl and, you know, you were in very chaotic environments. And because you were so smart, you learned how to obsess and go into these other fantasy worlds to survive such a horrific, terrifying, you know, experience. So here I am like beating myself up. Oh my God, I'm obsessing again. And it's this thing that's still running because it saved me. Mm -hmm. And just becoming conscious of it with kindness is kind of what shifts it into something else. I like how you said that. Conscious with kindness. That's my whole hour today with my therapist. She was working on that with me because she was like, I said to her, I was like, I'm in so much pain. And she's like, I hear that, but there's more to it. And then I got offended. I was like, I'm in pain. Don't tell me I'm not in pain. She's like, I'm not telling you you're not experiencing pain. She's like, I'm telling you there's a split that all you're experiencing is the pain and you're not experiencing the other things. And I'm not telling you to be different. I'm just saying be conscious that there's actually more to the situation 
but you're only experiencing the pain. That's the split within you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. I don't, she's like, what are you getting out of focusing on the negative of this? And I, I like, I had to really think about it. And I'm not still 100% sure, but it's almost like it's known to me that when something comes up, depression or anxiety, I'm like, oh, I know this. I don't know yet how to hold pain and joy and all of it and then move forward in that feeling. It's more like I live in extremes, like, ooh, I'm low. I'm low today. Mm. And then I know what to do then. I lay in bed or whatever, you know. Or, oh, I'm high. So now I can go out and like I'm still having trouble holding both and then knowing what you do when you can hold both of those things. I'm working on it. She kind of blew my mind today. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to become conscious without beating myself up. That's a new way to be. That is a new way to be. It's hard. Do you try that all the time? Well, you told me this week too. Yeah. I have trouble. Uh, I get the premise of not being hard on yourself. Like I understand that idea logically, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't understand what I would do. I would just be like, "Oh, I, I made a mistake." You know, "Oh, oh, I made a mistake." Like, is that the hype? You know what I mean? Is that hypothetically what I would say to myself? Be like, "Oh, I learned for next time," and then move on. It's like you're letting yourself go easy, or right? Something. That's the thought. You're like, if I don't beat myself up, then, then what? Yeah, I don't get what hap- what hap- what happens there. She said it's the uncertainty that we don't want to, you know, because we don't know, we don't want to live with the uncertainty. So we just go back to the old behavior. Um, I feel like um, it's one of those things where I would find that if I was in a situation that could be at work, personal situation, friendship, relationship or whatever, that there are things that if I told somebody else, oh, this person said this to me. You know, they would be like, what? Like, they would be highly offended. And I was like, well, it didn't really bother me. Like, things would roll off my back. And I realized it wasn't because I'm thick-skinned. I realized it's because it's like I came from the mindset that no one can beat me up or put me down harder than I can. Mm. So whatever you got, I will, I'm going to win it. And that's just like a terrible <laughs> way to think because it's like, oh, right. Um <laughs> Yeah, you can't hurt me because I'm going to fucking hurt myself (laughs) and you can't top this, you know? And that, um, I think, is one of those things at 40 years old that I'm starting to recognize that I do, you know? I put up with an immense amount of bullshit because I feel like I'm topping my own, you know? And that's, it's, you you know, you are literally just self just like you're just destroying yourself. You're like punish self-punishment. Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm much more aware of these habits. In particular this year, I'll notice, I'll also notice like I'll start doing a thing where I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you thinking about this right now? Like, it serves no good purpose. Mm-hmm. You will not walk away from this feeling yeah. good. And and there's, it just even started, like you just, I'll be like, it, it has to stop. You know what I mean? I'll notice it in, like my family, I'll see how they maybe have things that they do that make themselves upset mm-hmm. and how I do it as well. And I more clearly can see like it's it's mental habits that we have yeah. it, as opposed to what's actually happening in the world. Yeah. And how I, you sort of want to like break out of your own jail and yeah. be like, I don't want to do this to myself anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I do get to a point where I'm like, I am just sick of myself. Like, if I was, like, in a room with me right now, the other me would be like, bitch, you're gross. You need to stop. Like, let's... But that's part of the judgment, you know, because 
That's and I'm saying this from a place where I just had all this spoken to me because I'm saying I'm like, I'm sick of myself. I'm sick of obsessing. I'm Mm -hmm. sick of leaving my body. And she's like, and I almost thought she was saying that to me, too, when she was like, you're only experiencing the pain. I wanted to be like, I know, you know, (laughs) and she's like, no, I'm not saying you have to be different. You're allowed to experience it as pain. Because I'm like, you know, first I was frustrated, like, yeah, I would love to not be experiencing this as pain. I would love to not be obsessing. I would love to know what real love feels like in an intimate relationship. And she's like, honey, no, that's all your thoughts telling you that you're allowed to be where you're at. She's like, just bring awareness to it. That's all you need to do is be more aware when you're saying things to yourself like, I'm just in so much pain that there's more to it than actual just pain. Mm-hmm. You're only feeling that negative. And then and yet what's interesting is when in dynamics with men, they'll literally not even try very hard to lie to me or manipulate. They'll just be themselves and I'll only want to see the good. Right. I'll go right into a fantasy. Yeah. So there I'm only focusing on mm-hmm. the positive and they'll be like, I'm a fucking disaster. And I'm like, you're a star. <laughs> and just wait till you see how big you are. I mean, and he's like, yeah, but I'm going to beat you. I'm yeah. like, you know, what? I really love how ferocious you are. <laughs> you're so dedicated to your mission, even if it's anger. Like I just for, you know, and, and that's the other thing I'm looking at is like, I was not meeting people in relationship Often they were showing me a side of themselves, mm-hmm. but I was so, you know, uh, stuck on having my own needs met by them, whether or not they were the right person to, that I wouldn't even be in reality because I just wanted to be like, no, this is going to work. I see your potential. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of dating a person's potential at this point, like, and just actually meet a person and be like, oh, as you are, we could work. And it's not even to shit on the other person, but I'm I've I think I've dated a person's potential my whole life and not the actual reality of where we're both at and do we work. And it goes for me too. Like who knows, maybe I haven't even been able to be in a relationship. I mean, I'm sure that's true because I was beating myself up constantly. But it's just so interesting, kind of slowly coming back down into reality and seeing your own, you know, shit, but without beating yourself up. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I was saying to her, I was like, so do I like write an apology note to everyone now that I'm seeing what a maniac I am? And she's like, no, that's another way to beat yourself up. Right. She's like, you don't need to write an apology note. I'm sorry for being me. (laughs) I've written apology notes. I did that in college. I wrote that to people. And then now I'm like, why? I can't believe you did that. Just for like being crazy. You apologize to people for being crazy. Come on, man. I want that's a real thing. That's happening now and happening, well, I guess has been happening, but I think it's brought more to light now is where this crazy girl mentality, whereas Mm. women are now in a position where they speak up for themselves and they do ask for what they want and all of these things. And then when you do that, you're looked at as like a psycho. Oh, Mm. she's nuts. She's crazy. You know, and especially with this whole kind of like bro, you know, mentality that's out there, you know they're also making people feel crazy. I mean, someone was telling me a story about um, this guy cheated on his girlfriend and instead of, you know, I guess what the adult thing would be is to own up to it because she caught him. He did things like change like the mileage on the car or changed like things on his phone. So she felt like she was nuts. Wow. You know, and then bragged about it to his friends. It was just like this 
but and, but that's very much kind of like a commonality, especially like in people that are coming up now, which with me, with an eight-year-old daughter is making me very nervous to what kind of world, you know, she's going to be walking into, you know, you got to be careful when you speak up because they might think you're nuts and then they're going to put it all over the internet. You know, all these things. I can tell you right now with <laughs> you being her mother, she's going to be fine. She's going to speak up. Yeah. I mean, look at the three of us. Like we... We speak up and those things are shifting, but like there are a lot of not just guys. I don't want to make it like Mm -hmm. guys versus girls, but there are a lot of people that they feel worth something when drama is being created in their outside world. They're creating it, whether it's consciously or unconsciously. And then they're like, yo, I'm so cool because like two of these pretty cool, talented girls are fighting for my love. Like that doesn't make you cool that people are fighting over you but a lot of people they unconsciously create Mm -hmm. that because that's what makes them feel like oh i'm worth something yeah i'm trying to get away from drama that's the other thing she was showing me is how much i like to live in extremes because you know i'm low i want to be low or i'm high i want to be high and i'm like oh yeah i got addicted to living life in that extreme way because it 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 distracts me it makes me feel, I think it makes me feel alive, but it actually is distracting by going into those two different places. And I cannot wait to find my balance yeah. and live life in a way where I don't need drama to feel like something's happening. And I can just live and be with cool, amazing friends and just be met and really enjoy the beautiful intimacy of life. Like the colors become more vibrant. You can feel breezes. You can smell mm-hmm. flowers. Like, I cannot wait. I mean, I'm having moments of it. But to live like that and not need, not needing to, like, unconsciously create some shit so I can just cry again. Like, right. oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. I would do that. <laughs> this is so crazy. But I would get into this pattern where... I would want to control, if I can't control a situation, I'm going to control myself. And I'll do that with habits and things. So I would get myself to a point where, oh, you know what? I'm going to get myself, I'm going to make something, I'm going to make something out of nothing. I'm going to get myself upset because I know when I do that, I'm not going to eat very much. And then I'm going to lose weight or like, like, like just sick thoughts will go through your head. And it's all about just control. Like it's amazing like you know we were going like going back to what we were saying what you do to yourself Mm -hmm. you know for a result that you're not going to (laughs) get well you're not going to get what the yeah real result was which was to feel good yeah about yourself nuts yeah we're all we're all doing this stuff on the last podcast we were doing we were talking about how and we can get into politics but we were all talking about how so many people almost blame the government a lot of times as to like why they're upset and why they're feeling certain things. But the truth is, is we're all collectively creating this together. And we're so unaware of our own control systems, our own anger, our own stuff. And then we're, we're creating it and then being pissed at it. And I'm not saying don't be angry. The system's broken. There's lots of injustices and bullshit. Of course, I'm not saying don't fight for that. But the moment you just start pointing the finger and making it like it's only the external world's fault. And if only that was fixed, then you could finally feel mm-hmm. good. You're already fucked because that's not how this earth life works. 
Unfortunately, I really tried it that way. <laughs> I've tried controlling and whatever didn't work. You know, I think one of my exes years ago, he actually was listening to all my demands I had and was changing into them. And then finally, I was like, Ugh, I don't even want to fuck yeah, you anymore. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, it's just not the way you're not going to be fulfilled through that right. thing. But, you know, uh, it's just interesting how many of us just continue to want to blame whether it's like a politician or we want to blame a certain law or whatever. We You can blame anything. But the truth is, is it's just not how it works. But it's actually cooler that it doesn't work that way. I've always blamed myself. I've never been blaming. <laughs> I'm really? trying to switch to blaming other people. My yeah. goal is to actually blame other yeah. people. 2017. Yeah. Put it out and be it's like, this you. is your fault. Yeah. I- I'm perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I really would like to get to that place. That would be... Uh, I'm the opposite where I'm like worried about is everybody okay did everybody you know what did I do wrong can I fix everybody else's thing right I would like to blame other people I yeah you like always a, think that you fucked up and I'm like Leah I'm really you tired from it I'm starting to realize like how tired I am from you know it's like why can't I be on my own team yeah. I love that why am I on everybody else's team I'll be yeah. on your team thank you I'm yeah. on your team too yeah. oh Ladies. We got this. Thank yeah. you. Softball Fridays. <laughs> and then we eat each other out after. Yeah. Sorry, Leah. She doesn't like it when I make it sexual when it has no... It's it not, it's not that. It's because the, uh, the very bottom of it all, Kate said that she would only go down on a woman who was, had no body hair. And I felt that was very counter to Kate and her essence. Absolutely. Yeah. No, well, we turn, it turned out I'm not a lesbian. So and I that's think why. she should just stop faking I wanted a that she's going to work. Uh, I feel like if now, I was going to eat in a downstairs restaurant, I would want a mannequin vagina too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because we're not actually lesbians. Right. I mean, have, have I fantasized about it? Absolutely. But when it comes down to it, I don't know if I could really do it. And I listen, feel like I believe that you would be able to just get put in your there. shoulder down and pull your sleeves up yeah? and get in there. Thank you. Thank you for believing in me. Yeah. In my ability to munch a box. You know, I feel like you'd really give it your all. I think I would. I mean, I'd have to really be into the person. I can't do anything sexually unless there's like a connection and I'm, you well, know. Angelina Jolie is free. She's probably she intimidates me. I don't think I. She's like had some experience, uh, and I feel like she'd expect me to make her come right away, and oh, I just can't have that kind that. of pressure. She's so demanding. <laughs> I really miss her Billy Bob Thornton years. To be honest, <laughs> those are my favorite. Those are my favorite years. Yeah, they were great. She's the one when she had the blood around yes. her neck, and ah, uh, just get it, girl. Just get you it. live the fuck out of life. I you wear that. a vial of blood around <laughs> <Yeah>. you. Yeah, <laughs> I really loved that. I think kids ruined her. <laughs> Yeah, now she's baking cupcakes. I, I doubt she's baking cupcakes. Now she's cupcakes. like caring about things. <laughs> we know? miss old Ange. Yeah. We miss Ange who was making out with her brother. And oh, yeah. Remember that? She was getting it from all. Yeah, didn't they? There was like they were on the red carpet or something. I remember like this one of these like, you know, like video bites or whatever. And they were being interviewed. And she was like, yeah, we just fucked in the car. <laughs> she like open mouth. That's her and Billy Bob, though. Not yeah. her and her brother. No, no, it's not her and her brother. Oh, no, yeah. but that probably happened, too. <laughs> she just did that that side kiss with him. Ugh. Yeah, her and Billy Bob were fucking going to town. Yeah, that was the greatest. That was so great. That was the greatest love of all. <laughs> you know, he wrote the first script that he was that got him acting work. Did he yeah, really? Mm-hmm. No, before that oh, even. Shit, right? That one I made him famous, but before that, apparently, I was reading up. What was I watching him in the other night that I was like, God damn. She was masturbating. Oh, Bad Santa. 
Oh, my favorite. He wrote so Bad good. Santa? No. no oh, I was okay. watching it and I was like, so I was going back and yeah. before, like Sling Blade, he wrote, but then before that, there was actually another thing that he wrote that started him and he started getting more acting work and then that one was. So I think it's true that people that create their own content. Yeah. Look at him now. Bad Santa too. Look at me now. He was great in Fargo. He's in Fargo? Mm-hmm. Really? The first one. Huh. The TV series, not the oh, movie. Oh, I was like, I'm going to have to scrape my brain. No. All right, next topic, and then I think I'll get to an email. The next Great. thing I just wanted to say is about the humanness, and that's what we were getting into with you before, Leah, like about a week ago or whenever it was because my brain's broken, is just I feel like we're humans. We're allowed to have imperfections. We're allowed to fucking fall. And I feel like I think it's with men too. Yeah, it's different for men and women. Um but even men are really ashamed mm-hmm. to not be perfect because they're looked at as they're supposed to be some kind of savior. Like, I think a lot of guys beat themselves up pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like we are allowed to be imperfect humans. That doesn't mean you're allowed to act out and hurt people consciously. I mean, I think a lot of us are doing it unconsciously, whether it's verbally or however, whatever we're doing. But like you're allowed to be a human and I saw this past weekend just how much I feel like I'm supposed to be big. It's almost like a peacocking thing where you're like, this is who I am and I'm doing big things. And and just it was like a way of trying to feel powerful when I'm like, there's so much power in accepting the fragility and just being a human, being vulnerable, making mistakes, getting upset, saying the wrong thing at like a party, you know, mm-hmm. putting your foot in your mouth. Oh, my God, I said something so stupid to one of my friends this weekend, I don't want to go into it because it was so insensitive, totally unconscious. But it's like, it was like one of those movie moments where you literally say the one thing that yeah. could be the worst thing to say. And like, that's what makes us funny. You you fall in love with the characters in the movies that aren't perfect and say the stupid shit and trip. Like I loved Bridesmaids when she's like, at the end, fucking taking the cookie and just like beating the, the hell out of it and just having a meltdown. Mm. Those are the moments that you're like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. no one relates to the character who's Bring always the doing cookie. it right. Exactly. I could eat a big cookie right now, mm. actually. And by cookie, I mean pussy. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Leah just reminds me of my, cookie. my moral standards, <laughs> standards at all times. You definitely don't like when I bring in, like, Lord of the Rings and sex. I think I that's really crossing boundaries. <laughs> it's, that's yeah. good and evil. That's good and evil. <laughs> And then Kate's like, and I'm going to fuck it. And I'm like, not Gandalf. Yeah, I'm like, I have Sauron. I'll tell you what I think. I have my puss. Well, that's fine. He's the bad guy. Not that I think that pussy is bad. I'm just saying, I don't want you to, uh, we're waving. That's what's happening. You can't see. Not you, the people in there. People in there. I'm losing it. What's happening, guys? Nothing. <laughs> if you want to make things sexual, I fully support no, you. No, it's fine. I, it's you know, you've made me self-conscious, but oh, yeah, no, I feel guilty. No, stop it. I hate to We're say all fine. I hate to say what my yeah, therapist would say. You should blame but, her. Blame her. Right I'm not. Now. Re- I'm now not responsible chance. for how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, it's Kate Wolf, and you should go to AdamandEve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get fifty percent off just about any item. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free mystery gift. That's a lot of fun masturbation time. And to top it all off, they will even throw in free shipping on your entire order. 
So go to adamandeve.com and use code PRIVATE at checkout. That's all caps, P-R-I-V-A-T-E at adamandeve.com. Use code PRIVATE at adamandeve.com and make your privates really happy. Okay, ready, guys? Yeah. Okay, this is an intense one. Hi. I don't want to say my name, but I'm... Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. Is it high exclamation point or high comma? High comma. Okay. 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 (laughs) High comma. I, not capitalized I, Mm. just I. Is it on a separate line in the high? No. Okay. Mm. I don't want to say my name, but I'm 14 and me and my girlfriend had sex. I know it's stupid when you're 14 to have sex, but we did and she's pregnant. Shut up. I don't know what to do. Please help. Who's it signed? I'm not allowed to say the name, remember? Is it, uh, how do we know this is a real email? Well, his name was on it. I mean, I, I, had, I don't know. But like, who's pranking? When did he email this to you? It was probably like a month ago, so I definitely didn't Well, help. I mean. <laughs> Let's talk about this for a second. That we just went from talking about munching on box to answering a 14-year-old's email. The thing is, <laughs> this is what happens when they, they cut. They know about boxes, Candy. <laughs> I when they When they cut funding to sex ed classes. This is what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what is he? Why? You're, you're, people are sending in questions to, 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 you know, to get their questions answered because they don't have anybody to talk to because people yeah. act like it's like some bad thing instead of just like science that the people need to understand how things work. Yeah. No, it's infuriating that, you know, I have a joke about it where, you know, we guys, boys learn about periods in fifth grade from their gym teacher Doug you know what I mean who like doesn't even want to be there knows nothing about vaginas and this is how you know sexuality see here we go Leah sexuality is something (laughs) that is like there's so much shame built around it I'm not saying there is for you you just don't like when I bring up Gandalf's boner but I I just think he's not the appropriate character to make sexual he has a he has a dick and I'm sure it gets hard sometimes. Probably when he's doing his spells, he gets so there's so much energy coursing through his body, oh it goes right into the into the penis. So to answer nothing your to question. be ashamed of, <laughs> nothing nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. Anyway, back to <laughs> this. Um, man, if you're a 14 year old and you just got pregnant or got your girlfriend pregnant, I mean, I say this, but it's it's delicate because not everyone has an adult that's safe to come to. You know, if somehow there's an adult that you can go to that you feel safe with and is pretty like liberal and understanding and you're not going to get punished. Um, I think you really need an adult's help no matter what decision you make. Oh, you definitely need someone to help you uh, talk through all your feelings and the Mm -hmm. options and your decision. I feel like most places, if you go online, you can find there are clinics that you can go and talk to people and they will give you all your options. Yeah. But I also think too, I mean, there's like the there's like every state is also different like legally with like if um someone is 16 i think even might be 13 cuz i have a friend that kind of went through all of this if they're pregnant instead of the rules applying to that person like that earlier child under 18 that's no longer applied so they make the 13 year old can make decisions about what they're going to do so like let's say a 13 year old 14 year old's pregnant she gets to decide what she's going to do, and her actual parents have no say in it. Like, it's wow. this weird, you know... Yeah, there's a few states that have um, parental signature right. laws. Yeah. 
I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but I think that you can, as a as a teenager, go somewhere and and talk to people without that coming into effect. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing with abortions pretty crazy. Um, as a high schooler, can you go and get an abortion at any age? I don't know. It depends on the state. Some states have parental signature laws, but most states you can. In some states, there's only like two clinics in the entire state. So say you're a 14-year-old, you have to drive three hours. Mm -hmm. There's a 24-hour waiting ban. So you have to go, then you have to wait 24 hours. And then a lot of states now have like a mandatory probe that you have to pay for because insurance doesn't cover it, and that's $1,000. Oh, my gosh. Um, What's a the probe yeah they like insert it inside of you and you know look around and people do it to to, you know get people to see the thing yeah um and the insurance won't cover it because insurance calls it not necessary so then it has to come out of pocket so you're looking at another thousand dollars so i mean you're talking about people who can't afford to have a child can't afford to you know but i mean if somebody wanted to go and talk to somebody about options, do they want to keep the baby? Do they want to put the baby mm-hmm. out for adoption? Do they want to discuss early termination? Like, I think that there are clinics that you can call. There are websites that have all of the um, phone numbers of clinics in each state. Yeah. Well, because they'll have that information that we clearly don't have. There are places, <laughs> though, called crisis pregnancy centers that act like they're doctors and they're not doctors and they just basically shame people for having oh, sex. Shit. Are so you people serious? have to be aware not to call ah. those places. Yeah. Wow. Make you feel they're under the guise of you can come to us, but then they're really there to shame people. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because a lot of people have been asking me to talk about abortion on here Mm -hmm. for a bit. And it's not that I've avoided it. It's just that it's such a, you know, of course, like, how how do I want to say this? I'm not like, and I know when I say, but it's like, no one's like pro abortion. No one's like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> I mean, maybe there are like some very so random people. So like, no, of course, like I, I think it's horrific for the woman, for the man, for the baby, like all of it. Like I get it. I'm not, I, I do think that um, any living being, like I want it to live. However, it is so not a black and white situation. No. And I do think there needs to be the option of abortion. Um well, the idea that a woman wouldn't be able to make choices out of her own body is, I think, horrific. You know what I mean? Like, well, some people, they would say, like the pro-lifers were like, well, it's it's not just her body. It's another life growing in it, you know? So, you know, even to that, I just don't think putting a ban on it. There was no. a ban and it just went horrifically well before roe versus wade went through Mm -hmm. women were dying in the thousands from botched abortions Mm -hmm. like people are going to get them regardless and the idea that we wouldn't want people to have safe access to and also we say that oh we want to protect the mother we want to protect the mother but since they've been knocking um taking money away from planned parenthood our maternal death um deaths have gone up we have the same we're like we're in the top 10 of countries for gdp and we have the same maternal death rate as like a country like a third world country because we are so weird around sex and sex ed and low-income women having access to clinics that we're we're willing to risk women dying in childbirth to not uh, talk about it and put funding towards clinics. 
I also believe that if people genuinely didn't want to have abortions, then they would put money into uh, birth control and birth control pills and, and talking about sex ed in school. So I don't think that's actually what it's about. I think what it's actually about is controlling women. Mm-hmm. Because if what the goal was was to have less abortions, then you would have p- things available for kids to go talk mm-hmm. to, ways to, you know, safe sex, you know. But if you cut all the funding to that, then you're just... Uh, the numbers show you have more abortions. That's how it works. So if that's what you can't, you're, you're obviously not against that. You're against women making choices uh, that you wouldn't agree with. And you want people to live a certain kind of life, which is not how it works. You got to deal with reality. Well, that's, that, it kind of goes back to what we started with, the, which is most of us don't live in reality. <laughs> and collectively, we don't. You know, we don't want to wake up people to the fact... People making these decisions People are fucking. Don't. Yeah. People are fucking, and they're starting to fuck mm-hmm. at like 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. Not everyone, but it's happening. And just because you don't want to see it doesn't mean it's not there. And, it do- and I don't even mean to say that angrily, because I was doing the same thing with a man. He's telling me his reality, and I'm like, no, yeah. you're a jar you know it's like your kids are probably having sex and it's like no but but billy is that you know yeah but billy has a penis and your daughter Mm -hmm. has a vagina and we are humans with desires and i think it once again once again comes to that thing of shame and this Mm -hmm. desire we have and the longing and sex is one of the ways that people use to connect you know whether we're abusing it or not sex happens people like it you know and when you pretend that that longing isn't there or you're ashamed for it and you view sex or just connection in any way as shameful, well, this is what happens. I also I also think that like the uh, we've made abortion this thing where there's like girls who get abortions and then like girls who don't or whatever. And this statistically, I think it's over 60 percent of women who get abortions are actually uh, already mothers and living mm-hmm. like in a family. And they just can't at that time in their life, they can't have another baby. Um, so even our perspective of what abortion is, isn't... Well, right. I mean, I have a personal experience with that, which was, as I was in a position, I had a home, I had a husband, uh, we've been, we were trying for a year to get pregnant and I got pregnant and, you know, it was like, you know, building the nursery, we're doing all of these things. Then to find out, you know, that the chromosomal disorder is not viable for life. And now at this point, I'm 22 weeks pregnant. Wow. You know, I mean, this is like a non... Like yes, the fetus is alive, but it's once it's born, it will not be, and it, all the organs are on the outside of the body. Like it was one of those things where, like, this what should have been what a miscarriage, but it wasn't. It stuck, you know. So I had, you know, I was too far along for the state that I was living in. I had to go to another state. I had to go to a clinic. I had to go through all of these things, and it wasn't because I didn't want to have a child, but I certainly wasn't gonna. If the laws were in place that said, oh, no, you can't do that, and I had to go through that experience of delivering that Mm. child or having my family and people involved in that, like, that's awful to me, you know? But again, like, that's why it's such a gray area, and the people that are making these decisions don't see anything else except what their fantasy of what it's supposed to be is, you know? And I just think that's, I think it's sad. Yeah. Because, like, thank you for sharing, and that must have been so hard. I feel like that that's the other thing. It's that people get so upset about late term and most women who have late term, it's because the, the fetus is non-viable. It's not going to. And so you're making people go through this horrible thing that they, that they, you know, they're experiencing a loss. They're going through this and then you're going to force them to go through. I mean, it's just, it's, 
I think I think it's like torture. Yeah. Um, and I think now the only places that will do it in the United States because of all these new laws is Colorado. So yeah. you're going to have to fly yourself out to Colorado. Wow. Yeah, I was checked into a hospital because they were going to do this thing where they, um, you know, inject a needle to stop the heart and then you deliver. Right. So here I am in a, in a labor ward in North Carolina, ready to deliver a dead baby for the most part. And I'm in the gown and then the woman comes in. I'm sorry, you're too far along for this state. So I had to leave the hospital, you know, then like had to make phone calls, you know, and find a place in Georgia that would do these, you know, which ended up turning out to be the most amazing experience. It was such a well, it was all women run organization. You had a private room. I mean, clearly they were dealing with a lot of experiences that were very similar that women don't talk about, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I have a very dear friend that just went through something similar and I was there for her like this and, and even when we were there, they were saying that this is something that a lot of people go through, but don't share because you do feel there's this sense of shame in all of this, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I just feel like we do need to speak up for that. Like, you know, these laws don't affect just your, you know, sexually active teenagers in the back of a car. They affect a lot of people, you know? I feel like that's why that, that hashtag that was shout your abortion it was about like so many women have been through all these experiences and like they were not allowed to talk about them because people put it under this guise. But then mm -hmm. it's like so many women are dealing with these. It's and it's a medical issue. And then the society's put all these things on it so people can't get the help they need. Mm -hmm. And then in a lot of states, you have one clinic where all these workers are trying to be helpful. They have to be all these yeah. things. And then on top of that, they're facing like they have people outside yelling yeah. at them. Um, you know, they get threatened and they're just trying to help people. Mm -hmm. It's, I think, incredibly, I, I don't even think it should be a political issue. It's, yeah. it's between you and your doctor and the choices that you want to make for yourself. And, you know, people want to put it out there that people are doing that, taking this lightly or doing, but they're not. It's a, yeah. no, it's, I just find it so, I yeah, think like, it's really I, like, you know, anyone gets to a point where like, gosh. Seven and a half months pregnant. I really regret this decision. Yeah, yeah. Like, ugh. You know what? <laughs> Nobody's but that's doing how that. It, but that's how it's almost built. <laughs> yeah, they do. They way. totally do it that way. Yeah, yeah. And then that's not <laughs> what's happening. But you know, once again, it's this is just another symptom of a very disconnected, shame-filled, mm -hmm. not living in reality collective of people right well it's like keeping women in a i have friends who can't get pregnant they would go do anything to get pregnant you know what i mean and they yeah. feel ashamed you know what i mean i just feel like it's there's so much around it that makes women feel bad yeah and jump through hoops it's like when i get my period i need you to put me in my cage Put me in my cage while I have my cycle, <laughs> which is like they send us out to the tent to bleed. Can, yeah. we go, can we go Yo. bleed together? Yeah. yeah, it's just so. That's why I think with back to the election, it's on the on Trump's agenda. It's um, there. There's they want to reverse Roe versus Wade, and there's no medical exceptions. Not under rape or incest. Mm. Not under if the baby has if it, there's a fetal anomaly. Like you're just not allowed. I mean, it's. It's like the Middle Ages. Yeah. No, well, Trump has no follow through is going to be the wrong word. He has no follow through and vision. Do you get what I'm saying? He likes saying he just things, says whatever, but that's not him. That's the Republican Party. That's, he, <laughs> well, that's he's the extreme of it because not it's not all like there have been a lot of Republicans. And listen, I'm clearly not a Republican, <laughs> but there have been a lot who are even like, uh, no, he's not speaking for me. <laughs> oh, there, there are. But he's also he 
was the one actually that came in more liberal on yes, abortion. That's true. Um, and that was that was what the party wrote at the RNC as a part of their what they and if the Republicans have the House and the president, I mean, well, it's clear that Trump is only doing what it takes to get that very oh, extreme absolutely. vote. He he saw that that's who's responding. And he doesn't care really about anything other than power and his ego and feeling like he, quote unquote, won. He's literally one of the most unhealed people out there. And yet he's representing so many unhealed people that are also living here in the U.S. Because, you know, I kind of said it in the last podcast. He's he's speaking to a ton of people. And that's the scariest part is that, you know, here I am as healed as I am and conscious as I am waking up to the fact that I don't even live in reality. And that's me who is like in a spiritual school desperately trying to look. So imagine people aren't even trying to look at themselves. They feel discomfort and anger and they're like, oh, it's Mexicans, you know, Muslims. it's their fault or it's Muslims or, oh, fucking women. They just want to kill babies. And <laughs> you know, people, like, people want to use the wrong bathrooms. Mm, this oh, is yeah. where it's all happening. It's all about not being able to sit in their discomfort and, you know, instead of, you know, including all parts of themselves with love, they're like, oh, I don't like the way I feel. It must be this person's fault or that thing's fault. And they have all these points like finger pointing. And Trump just likes to say it. He literally is trying to say whatever it takes to soothe them. It's very Hitler like. It's like, oh, you don't like the way you're feeling? Well, build these walls and people are like yeah and i'm like what wall like what are we talking about just build a wall what so are we ludicrous it's like to five-year-olds it's like oh you know what what we're gonna do is we're gonna get the boogeyman to get them and we're like boogeyman boogeyman like he's just saying whatever to rile people up yeah and it's but it's those working. people go and vote yeah those people go vote mm-hmm. well it's pretty insane and it's going to be interesting to see where the election goes because no matter what, we are coming to a point in our society where things are coming to the surface in a very, quote unquote, scary way, but they're coming to the surface and things are going to shatter. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly, because um, even if Hillary gets elected, we now know that we're living amongst so many people in fear who have so much hate- hatred and are so divisive. That's here. And it's been brought out. And then if Trump gets elected, well, that's going to be a whole other story of what's going to happen there. So, you know, we're in for some interesting times because especially with the Internet, you get your knowledge from places, thank God, other than TV stations. And you can connect to all these people. And and with our kid, like Shane, my son gets so much knowledge from YouTube. So it's just really interesting, this gap of very connected people and people who are wanting to evolve and love even more. And then people who are kind of digging their heels Mm. in and don't want to change. It's going to be interesting to see where this all goes. And I don't mean interesting in some like sociopathic like "Hmm, the apocalypse is coming. You know, I'm not happy about the 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 horror that might happen with this stuff. But it, it is going to be interesting to see how this unfolds with all these you know, people kind of being so polarized. A lot of people are growing, evolving, shifting into other higher energies, you could say, where other people are like going way more fear-based. I don't want to change. This is the way I think, you know, I don't want to live in reality. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck in this place. And this it's just kind of being pulled in different directions and it has to snap. And I hope the snapping isn't as violent as it could end up being. But I think I think we're in for a a bumpy ride, a bumpy ride for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
All you can do is ride the ride the waves as it as best you can and not freak out with the masses. It's okay to feel chaotic when stuff starts hitting the fan. I don't mean that. You know, a bombing happens. You know, another black person gets shot. You're allowed to feel angry. Mm. But it's not jumping on that bandwagon and just wanting to react and act out immediately. It's coming back and being like, okay, how the fuck do we figure this out? With love, connection, and not divisiveness. Because the moment you start pointing fingers, you're fucked. You're doing the blaming of the external again. And here I am, still doing that in my own world. That's a funny thing. I've met so many people who preach in liberal ways, but they have so much inner anger themselves that they even create in their own relationships (laughs) at home, the same environment that they're trying to change in the external. You know, like they're like, oh man, peace in the Middle East. But then they're like totally verbally abusing (laughs) their spouse. You know, you're like- I'm the opposite. I'm like, (laughs) no peace in the Middle East, but my home life is very calm. (laughs) (laughs) Leah's anti-peace in the Middle East. It's not going to happen. So people just need to accept (laughs) that. And uh, do you want to win or do you want to try to work it out? I I think that we should win. Uh, Let's send in. It's going to be an interesting ride, (laughs) Leah. I don't know how any of this works. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, you know, my my whole ideology might be way too hippie. You never know. But mine is always like you got to come back in. You got to, you know, we we create this together. So if we can start creating a society of healing, conscious, aware people, that's the only thing that's going to change all of these broken systems, public school systems, healthcare systems, all of it, you know, because people think that they're fighting for change and they're liberal. And if they're still angry, pissed off people, they're going to recreate another broken system in another way. But I think sometimes you understand why people are very angry and things haven't changed and maybe... You know, like with the police shootings, um, you know, I, I could un- I why people would feel like nobody's hearing their yeah. their protests and their and the the, the they feel um, that a person feels that they're what they have left is violence. It's the yeah. only thing that people pay attention to in this country. Yeah, I don't even mean like not react there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, I see what you're saying, because even riots, riots are another symptom of the disease. It's just going to happen when you suppress a certain group of people for so long. There's going to be a reaction. Um, I guess it's more that's like a different circumstance almost to me. It's more of like in your personal life, the more you cannot act out, the less that other shit will happen. I see. What you're it's saying. not saying like lay down and don't do anything right. because we have to rise up and, and speak out against injustice. You have to. So it's not like to me, that's not even acting out. Even like the riots that occur to me aren't even acting out. That's almost more like of an unconscious, like a little kid gets pushed by a parent Mm. enough. They're going to fucking clock the parent when they're old enough and have the physical strength. And I don't even think that kid's acting out. I think that kid's defending itself. He's defending himself. So that's not that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's more of in your personal life when it's not that kind of a situation, the more you can take it back to yourself the more we can even create less bullshit around us. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's not about sitting down and taking shit. Hell no. We have to stand up and speak out. You know, there's that whole quote where it's like, you're just as, uh, I'm going to totally fuck it up, but it's like the man who's silent is also contributing to the whole, to the violence. Um, You can see it in like, you know, public school systems when there's a bully and no one speaks out against the bully. You know, that's not, yeah, you got to fucking speak out, defend your your peers, fight injustice. 
But at the same time, look at the injustice that you're accidentally creating in yourself. I agree. <laughs> and then I'd like to say what my anxiety around a lot is like my parents' generation. Like I feel like our country, I hope it can figure these things out. But if it falls apart, I'm more worried about, you know, I feel like the that generation, everybody lost their savings um, when Wall Street fucked everybody mm -hmm. over. And then, you know, the healthcare system is so shaky and prescriptions are so expensive. And a lot of people, you know, are working way past, you know, their age because they can't, they lost their, so what would happen to people that aren't in the 1%? It, you know, th that's who I worry about. You know, we're young enough to be able to take care of you know what I mean but I mean what do we what do we do with our our parents generation you know that's what I worry about I mean my, I'm just like kill them all we know, just got it no. my parents don't own a you know <laughs> yeah. a Trump tower you know they they work and that's why yeah, I no, worry it's about. fucked it's fucked and like I don't think there is a, a an easy answer I think all we can do is keep trying to change ourselves change the world as much as we can like when I say change yourselves that doesn't mean you know, you don't put out into the external a way to help things, you know, uh, like the more you work you do on yourself, you might be like, oh, my God, I just realized, you know, my passion would be to create a whole other type of school that benefits children from lower income, you know, families that don't have access to great education. Like, it's about going within healing, but then also taking that and trying to help create a new world because the one that we've got going on right now is in shambles. It's serving very few people. We've got 1% that are really thriving on it. And then most other people are struggling just to have their basic needs met. So yeah. I know people vote. I feel like we have a lot of culture that doesn't vote. And um, also with the presidential election, people are looking, you know, at Hillary and Trump, but uh, the state elections are a very big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, if we mm -hmm. could flip, back we could you know ideally overturn citizens united and people are like voting doesn't matter it does matter um you know college debt these are things that we could actually work on um and i feel like when people say voting doesn't matter this there are people it's like you you got to show up you know i agree i love that you have you to show up learn you have to vote the people in your area you know like we just had a primary in, in long island city i you know i looked up the voting record of the people running um I went in a vote. You know, it takes maximum an hour. That's the maximum it's going to take. And I think there's this idea out there that doesn't make a difference. And the people that it serves when people say it doesn't make a difference are the 1% because then people mm -hmm. don't show up. They get to keep their fucking seats and they get to do, they get to gerrymander districts, do whatever the fuck they want with their money because people don't show up because they feel that they're powerless. Yeah. And I, I honestly believe at the what was good about the system would be the idea that there would be people with different views together. They would talk it out and work it out, but you got to show up and say what, you know, you got to. And I think showing up, you know, here we're talking about voting, but I think it's such a beautiful word of just like showing up in your life. It, I know I'm bringing it back to the reality, but like keep showing up for yourself, no matter how many times you go off into your fantasy, keep showing up, showing up for yourself, showing up for the world. And like, you got to show up and vote, you know, Keep, even if you feel powerless to whatever, you're not. I know we all fall into this victim mentality, but like keep coming back and reminding yourself that you're so much more powerful than maybe anyone's ever told you. Parents, society, peers, 
I promise you, you're more powerful than you think you are. And we people can make want a you to feel powerless. That's a goal that people have. Because that's the easiest way people take away your power is to make you feel like you don't have any. So don't buy don't buy into it because they probably feel powerless because only powerless people make others feel powerless. People who are really in their power don't want to no, overpower anyone. Not at all. They just want to love and have everyone thrive. That's and why I'm we're hoping- so amazing. We're the most powerful people on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe it. Well, I think I think real power is wanting everyone to shine and wanting everyone to thrive. And we don't live in that kind of world right now. And I'm hoping that the more we show up and rise up, the more we can shift this broken way of living and have a way more connected, flowing way where no one has to be suppressed. We can all actually thrive. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Yes. One day. Maybe we'll be dead for it, but one day. When, when you run for president, I want it to be thrive. Can you imagine me running for president just crying the whole time, though? <laughs> the yes. most emotional. I feel like Kate would halfway through and be like, this is not a job that yeah. I want. Yeah, I'd be like, you know what my body's saying? No. no. <laughs> yeah, I get elected and I'm like, ooh, my soul song just shifted. Yeah. <laughs> really not me. Yeah, it's not. Sorry, guys. Uh, but I have someone else that I think yeah, right. Shane just steps up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we got to wrap this up. So, Candy, where can they find you? You can find me downstairs. At Stand Up New York. <laughs> at Stand Up New York. Great. You're going to have a lot of stalkers now, Candy. Oh, great. But do you no. have a Twitter? With that voice. I do. It's at Candy Claire, C-A-N-D-I-C-L-A-R-E. And Leah? I'm at Leah Bonema, L-E-A-H-B-O-N-N-E-M-A. And that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hell yeah. And you guys can follow me at the Kate Wolf, Twitter and Instagram. And if you would like a tarot card reading or a mission slash soul song reading where I can feel into your vibration and help you realize why you've come and incarnated on Earth and what your mission is to help create this new world we're talking about. Um, You can email me at kwolf2fs27 at gmail.com and I would be more than happy to look into your soul in a non-creepy way. Maybe a little bit creepy, but mostly non-creepy. Maybe a little bit, but I'm working on my boundaries. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. What the fuck is happening? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.